a shout of praise unto God this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is awesome. God is faithful. God is merciful. Hallelujah. Uh, can you just, so that we can go straight into the work, can you help me welcome somebody to church? As we take our seats. Hallelujah. All right. Okay. Praise God. So, um, good morning. This is the last session we'll be having for Honor Code. Praise God. So hopefully um, we'll be able to round up and actually get something to run with. Amen. Um, what's happening this evening? If it's loud, why are you guys sounding so quiet? What's happening this evening? Hallelujah. Loud is happening this evening. Uh, we know that God will be here in the mighty name of Jesus. He'll be here to bless us. Amen. Um, I'm not sure if you've noticed... I'm seeing a couple of teenagers here and there ushering us, directing your cars. Have you noticed? Okay. I appreciate them when you can. Just smile. Yeah, you can clap for them now. I mean, why not? Well, give them a smile. Don't, don't be your normal self, how you would be with the usher when they say go here and then you go the other way. You encourage them. Amen. Praise God. All right. So, honor code. Um, we've try to establish, and we've talked about the fact that um, honor is a major gateway through which God passes blessings and virtue um, to people. Okay? I, I wanted to say to the body, but it's, it's beyond the body. Because God, like we said, and we know, we've said it over and over again, God works by principles. So if you practice certain principles, it doesn't matter if you are born again or not. It will still work. Do you understand what I'm saying? So honor is one of those things that has no respecter of persons. It will work for you if you apply it. All right? And um, because God is a God of principles and processes, he's he's, um, very interested in institutions. So it is within institutions that typically honor will flow and then the blessings will come. Am I making sense yet? So we have like what? The family, we have kingdoms, we have church, we have institutions all over the place. And the funny thing is sometimes we think that God's hand is not in secular things or in things that he is not totally in agreement with. But let's look at, um, uh, I think, 1 Samuel 8. We'll actually look at how kings started um, being established in Israel, okay? So the original plan was that God will be king of Israel, at least for a while. So there are people that there's a bit of debate whether it was supposed to be perpetually, that's forever, or just for a season, okay? And, um, but the people... Um, Maybe we should just go into a bit of the history. So it started with uh, Moses, Abby. So Moses uh, did what he did, brought them out, handed over to who? I want to know if you are following. Handed over to who? 
All right. Hand it over to Joshua. And then after Joshua, we had what? <laughs> okay. No, I don't need the names. So after Joshua, we had the judges. Abing? Okay. So um, a lot of us don't really know, but Eli was actually supposed to be a judge. Was still part of that same process, okay? So Eli was a judge. And um, after that was who? Okay, so remember. So the thing was, um, in I think First Samuel 2, thereabouts, they said people had rejected, um, no, God had rejected Eli, I think. And then by verse chapter 8, the Bible records that now the people had rejected Samuel. Okay? And it's a funny thing because sometimes we are not privy to those kind of conversations. And it should scare us sometimes when we see these things. When we, are, when we actually get behind the scenes and see the kind of conversations they had. Because God, so I'm trying to summarize that chapter 8 so that we don't have to read the whole thing or even any of it at all. Um, so God and Samuel were having a conversation. And God was saying that, you don't worry. It's not you they rejected. It's me. In other words, I set up this system. And in their minds, because they said, if you read that uh, chapter, they said that they wanted to have a king like the other, king, like the other kingdoms around them. They wanted to look a bit more like the normal. Meanwhile, God was saying that everything you are saying that this king should do for you, lead you into battle. Have I not led you into battle? Have you not won every battle when I was leading you? But I, I really cannot speak to their motives. But ultimately, they rejected Samuel. And because of that, who was the king that came into play? Okay. Saul. Now, you would think that because Saul was not particularly approved, that he did not have God's backing. But because God respects institutions so much, there came a time, we know the story, where Saul had been rejected and then the evil spirit came to torment him. Abi? And then he was chasing David all over the place like there was not a kingdom to run. And David was his biggest problem. So he was literally going after David, like... I must kill this guy. And they got to a, there was a time they were in a cave. So David's men were inside, way deep into the cave. And they saw Saul coming to that same cave. Abby, we know this story. Okay, so the blank looks are because they are following. All right. <laughs> okay. So these, um, Saul's men were like, this is God. If you've never recognized God before, this is God. God has presented your enemy to you. On a literal platter. Abi? And David said something to the tune of, you cannot touch God's anointed. To the point where, even though he cut the um, part of um, Saul's garment, robe, the Bible says that he was grieved because he did that. So David knew something. That even though the system... Um, or even though God does not support the person in the system, God honors the system. Do you understand? So, this is for that person that thinks, oh, I don't know why this person came 
from nowhere and they just made him HOD over me. I don't know how this person with my pedigree was even considered for a role above me. Don't make the mistake. God is still the one that sets up kings and the one that pulls them down. You are not seeing what he is seeing. Praise God. I had to repent. Throughout this month, I had to repent. (laughs) Because that includes presidents, governors, ruling parties. So I had to repent. So you will repent. (laughs) That's why as many of you that feel like you should not. <laughs> Sometime during the week, somebody was posting something all over the place about the fact that you shouldn't pray for um, wicked, according to them, wicked uh, rulers. And, you know, when some things come from a respected man of God, um, the tendency is for you to want to take it and just start running. But we need to be wise. Praise God. So the Bible says, um, what, 1 Timothy 2, 1, Abi? I urge that you pray for all men, for what? For leaders, for those in authority. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem so that you will find peace while you are there. So there are too many things that tell you to pray for your king. Oh, the Bible says that when the wicked is in power, the people gnash their teeth. But it doesn't say you will not pray for them. Praise God. God can use anybody. You don't have the... It is not in your place to tell him who to use and who not to use. Amen. This was not the direction we're supposed to go. We're supposed to be laughing by now. But we'll be fine. But somebody needs to hear this. Get over it and start praying. If you want to receive anything, and that's the thing, because God is the umpire when it comes to institutions and to blessings, he's watching over it. So even if you are faking honor, God sees what? The heart. So you need to get your heart right and actually start praying for this country again because a lot of us have stopped. Am I correct? You need, for your own sake, for your own sake, you need to start praying again. Pray for your president. Pray for your governors. Pray for everybody in power. Because you've been mandated to do so. If you like, don't do it. It's your loss. Praise God. <sighs> Let's see what we can love. When I was writing these things, they were funny. Uh, it's not looking funny again. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. So God honors institutions. He honors parenthood. He honors the family. He honors marriage. He honors uh, civic authority, which I just spoke about. And then he honors spiritual authority. He honors it. He might not, he won't even impose. We just saw now that he couldn't impose. He, he did not impose. He allowed them. 
even though there were consequences. And he told them about the consequences, if you read that chapter properly, okay? But I don't want to stay on that. So, all right, um, as much as I can, we'll stay on this service. We'll stay um, with our relationship with our parents. In other words, how does the honor code speak to our parents? All right? Um, I will, because it's institutions and because it is principles, these things can play across any of the things we've mentioned. These same principles will apply in pretty much everything we're talking about or we've talked about earlier. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so regardless of the situation, God is still the umpire. Regardless of the situation, God will not truncate or he will not bypass authority to get to you. He won't. If you are a part of an institution, God will have to use that institution to bless you. What, um, behold how good and pleasant it is for men to... Okay, it's like what? Oil that comes from where? Why, why, is it not, why didn't they just splash the person in oil? There is process. It will come from where? The head and flow all the way down. That's how it works. God will not bypass that for you. You are not that special. Praise God. All right. Okay. So, um, so let's look at, um, like we said, parents and uh, the children. So, Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. Okay. Like, can we read together? One, two, read. Okay, so we are going to do a bit of logic now. So, you read this. Um, let's see how good you are with logic. So, I'm going to put something at the beginning, and then you finish reading it based on what I put. You understand a bit. So, don't honor your mother and your father. Let's read. Go. Don't honor your mother and your father. Go. So, what will happen? It's not well with them, Abby. They said them. <laughs> And what? And that person will not what? Because if I start saying you now, people will just be doing this. And we're in church. I, I, we are too superstitious sometimes. It seems simple. But this is profound. This is commandment number five. But it's the first one with the promise. Honor your father and your mother so that it will be well with you. If you are not honoring your father and your mother, I did not say it. I'm not swearing for you. It will not be well with you. If you're angry, it's because you're not honoring your father and your mother. Praise God. And the sad thing is, we have come into a generation. I hate using generation because it makes me feel old. We have come into a time where dishonor reigns. Now, how is that happening? One, the love of money. Two, the explosion of knowledge. I believe those two things. Both of them are good. But if they are misused, if they are mishandled, 
you will fall into error. Praise God. So now, it's not about who is the wisest or who is the wisest or who is the most qualified. It's about who has money. Am I correct? So you see a man with honor and then you see a boy with a GLE. You gravitate towards the boy with the GLE. Because that is the spirit of these times. Where we don't honor honor anymore. We don't honor value anymore. So you see Set some households, they are, the mom is not even, parents are not even bothering to find out where this money is coming from anymore. Jonathan, have you seen those kind of houses? Oh, wow. I, I, I was somewhere. Festac needs deliverance. And I say this as somebody that grew up in Festac. We moved into Festac in 1980, so you can't tell me that I don't have a right to talk about Festac. Festac needs deliverance. So I wonder what we are doing when we are so busy with our petty squabbles that we don't see that the harvest is actually ripe. I saw, I went to a place, and I saw two boys fighting. So, when I say fighting, I mean proper fight, plank, everything. They're looking for a bottle, looking for a stone. And their parents were there. And they were saying, let them fight. Because this one swindled this one from the money that they swindled somebody off. So this was mother and father holding back people from separating their sons from trying to kill each other and threatening each other. Hey, you think this will be this? You know what I'm saying now. I, mean, I don't use to use all my mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah, this, you, I'll tell you that. Just be filling in the gaps as I'm doing that one. <laughs> and that's where we are now. Where the, the mother is a picker. If you laugh, I know what you're doing. Guy, well, what do you do? Hey, Baba, what's your side gig? <laughs> okay. That's where we are now. Where money reigns regardless of how it comes. So because of that, if I'm the one that paid the rent, to an extent, I get to dictate. You lose your position as my parent when you forfeit your authority as my parent. Esau and Jacob. Okay. So, um... We know the story of Esau and Jacob, baby. Now, by the natural order of spiritual order, <laughs> the 
the blessing was supposed to go to the older child. Am I right? Now, um, Isaac, their father, was not there. No. Isaac was their father now. Abraham, Isaac. Yes, Isaac was their father. Now, their father wasn't there. The natural law states that the, the blessing should go to the firstborn. Abby, try and follow. It's not even hard. You will get it. The father wasn't there. When Esau, the older child, forfeited his birthright, he despised his birthright. Abby, he sold it for what? A bowl of porridge. Asaro and what? Because that's what people are saying. Anyway, he sold it. Isaac was not there. So, when it was time for the blessing to be released, the natural thing was, tell the person that's supposed to get the blessing to do something that will unlock the blessing, Abi, which is what he did. He told Esau, go to the fields, go and kill something, make me the kind of food I like, and then I will bless you. Now, by hook and by crook together, Jacob did what he did, and he cheated Esau of the birthright. God could have intervened, but in quote, God's hands were tied because the um, authority, the blessing had been forfeited even when nobody was there. Do you understand what I just said? So we have done certain things where we have forfeited authority. And then we are wondering why certain things are happening. We are wondering why Jacob is cheating us. But it has to happen. Because when nobody was there, you were selling your birthright. And God will not step into that. Because God honors processes and systems and institutions. Do you see what I'm saying now? So a lot of the parents, a lot of our parents, have forfeited authority. So whatever they are seeing now is consequence. But the way God works is this. You know when they say two wrongs don't make a right? With God, the two wrongs will be judged. Did you get that? So, my mother did not do what she's supposed to do. My father didn't do what he was supposed to do. If I act out based on that, and I'm reacting to that, God will judge me, and then he will judge them. He won't say, oh, this, but let's give this boy a pass because his parents misbehaved. That's not how it works. Like I said, and these things go all the way through every single thing we've talked about here. Governance, same thing. God will judge you, and then God will judge them. You have no excuse. In marriage, your wife is doing any hour, your husband is doing any hour, and you think you should act based on that. God will judge her or him, and then God will judge you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So think about any institution and think about God's hand in it. That's how God works. So, for your own good, you will do what is right. 
by God. So that's why in every single place you see them saying, if you are, if you are a um, servant to, the, to a master, if you are a wife to an unbelieving um, husband or a, all of that, stay there and do what you need to do. So you have no excuse. If you want to receive the blessing that is within that system, just like what we read here now, the blessing within the system of uh, parents to child, um, that interaction, the blessing is that you will see long life and you have good life, a good life. Abby, they showed us the blessing. So you need to start questioning. If you are not seeing certain things in your life and it is tied to this, then maybe you should be doing your mother right. Maybe you should be treating your father better. They've given us expo. I don't know how many, how many blessings are tied to being a good citizen. They didn't give us that one in full. There are some, but they didn't give us in full, I don't think. But if you do it right, the blessing will still come to you regardless of what is going on around you. That's how it works. Because the blessing flows through honor. Honor is the conduit. Honor is the pipe that they will use to pass it. If you are not an honorable person, you are not getting any blessing. Praise God. So, let me see. Okay, sorry, a bit of time. So, um, So what does, um, in this situation, parent to child, what does honor look like? We've, we already know that it cannot be full obedience. Am I correct? If your father tells you to go and start, to go and become an arm robber, you can't agree with that, Abby. Your mother tells you to go and become a prostitute. You can't do that. But it does not remove the place of honor. So honor is not obedience per se, at least not in this context. Honor is reverence. Honor is you being able to look. You will get to an age and you realize that these people actually have not done this before. You look at your parents and like, how did we even get here? You try. If you are not there yet, trust me, you will get there. Where you look at them and like, you mean you haven't lived this life before and you're able to take us this far? Because you will get to that stage where you know that this man doesn't really know that much compared to what I know now. Am I making sense? Is this just me? So that I'm going to repent. Because the ideas I look at my father and like, how did this man do all of these things? And, and technically, I know more than him now. And that's where you realize that this thing has nothing to do with qualifications. It's our position. So when the Bible says that without contradiction, Hebrews 7, 7, the lesser is blessed of the greater. Uh, blessed by the greater. It wasn't saying that the person that has more must always be the one that is greater. 
He's saying by position. By divine positioning. So in this situation, by divine positioning, your parents are the greater. Whether they're in Lagos with their house or they're in the village farming as we speak, they are the greater. And if you are going to receive a blessing from that institution, if you don't receive them as the greater, you are in trouble. Okay. The Bible says that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive what? Okay. Um, years ago, in church, there were two brothers. And um, so one was my friend. And then the other one submitted himself to me. So the one that was my friend will come and like, ah, Minister uh, gist, gist, it's gist. And I'll take gist. I like gist. I'll take the gist. We'll gist about it. This person, that person, this whole word. Now, the other person would come and he will sit and like, these are the things I want to do. What do you think I should do? And he was receiving because he was seeing progress. Then the brother came, and that's the gist brother now, now came and I was like, ah, every time this guy comes, the conversation changes. It's, it's heavier. I'm like, it's because of how you have received me. You've not done anything bad. It's just that you've received me as a friend. Your brother has received me as a mentor. So from that day, he'll come. He'll say, I'm not coming for Jesus. <laughs> and then he'll sit and then we'll talk. And then there will be results. So going back, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Sometimes we, because we say different things, we think it can be the same person. If you receive that same prophet as a friend, you receive a friend's reward. If you receive that same prophet as a football uh, mate, like you play football together, you receive that reward. If you receive your mother in our office as your mother, you didn't get that. Some people are blessing their mother as a charity case. So you are sending money to the village because you don't want her to suffer. The day you realize that without contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In your mind, you are the greater. That's why you might not be receiving the fullness of the rewards you should be receiving from that relationship. So when you receive your mother as your mother, when you bless your mother, in our position, in our office, as your mother, the blessings you receive will show that a mother has blessed you. Amen. Did you get that? You need to reorient it the way you are handling this transaction. So let me depress us further. 
some of us might not get to see our mothers no more than 30 times before they pass, starting from now. Are you depressed yet? Like the, especially for those of us who have to travel to see them, and you know that sometimes you go only once a year, you might not see them more than 30 times before they go. So how are you maximizing the time you have left? Somebody's already booking a flight to away. <laughs> As I'm talking, they brought out their phone. <laughs> well, maybe that needs to happen. You are going, Avi? You are in yes. We should have less excuses. There are things that a lot of our parents have taken with them that they never dropped with us because we never understood that without contradiction, the lesser should be blessed by the greater. I'm tempted for us to do something now. If you can. Maybe you can't send them money. There's something I try to do. I try to be extravagant when it comes to blessing my our parents. That's my parents and my wife's parents. So if I'm going to send credit, typically our parents will buy 1,000 naira. Some of them will buy 200 naira. Am I correct? So that's the time I will send 10k or 20k. That's as in the kind of why did Jacob, why did Isaac ask Esau to go into the fields, into the bush and kill venison and make something that would bless him? Because Isaac understood something. He understood a principle that is not in words. If I, I can say I bless you and you can draw from something from me and, and I'll say that I bless you and you will not recover. So that's be, Isaac wanted to help Esau. Go and do something that will will provoke my soul to bless you. So sometimes I do excessive things to provoke a blessing. So if you can, if you can, you can, you're allowed, bring out your phones. I'm sure they're out already because that's where your Bible is. Send them the kind of credits that you've never done before. So that they were quite like, what happened? Was it a mistake? Like, can I send it back? Can we sell it? They're like, no, just pray for me. And this is your moment of shock. as what I just did for you. Credit is small. That's why you can be excessive with it. Do you see what I'm trying to say? There are some mentors that I cannot buy them anything because they have everything. But I can buy them a pair of cufflinks that cost 500k. Does that, you understand the excessive thing now I'm talking about? Uh-huh. So if you can, don't worry. If you are not looking at me, I'm fine. You can look down and actually send them the credit now. So that they will call you and like, what happened? And you're like, just pray for me. Just bless me. If you do these things, you will start to unlock levels of favor 
that you have not experienced before, they will say some things that they will be surprised. They will say things that will sound like prophecy. And they've never been to church. Because you have drawn something out of their soul. You have provoked a blessing. Praise God. So if you can do it, please. If you want to wait till after, it's fine. But let's, let's shock them into a blessing. Into blessing us. Um, and then we also have this mentality where we feel like we have saved money if somebody greater does something for us. So you go out, you want to go and eat, and then in your mind, because that person has money, he should pay. We have missed so many things. Ah. So we have a tradition. We have a tradition on my wife's side of the family. Every Christmas, uh, her parents take us. So we go to a restaurant, we rent our wherever it is on the island, and Christmas dinner, okay? And he pays. My spirit has been grieved for years, or had been grieved for years. And I'm like, we can't do this again. Because the man can pay for it, so he should pay for it. Like, never again. We are footing the bill. The, so, <laughs> the man, he wasn't used to it. So he was still saying, how much is it? Huh? And we passed, we didn't even let him see the bill. As in, you guys wound yourself. Eat anyhow. Don't, don't cut mouths because somebody else is paying now. Do what you would have done. Don't manage for us. Don't cut us short of the blessing. Do you understand that? If you do these things, if you realize that there is something with them that cannot be released until you provoke it out. If you realize that there is a level of progress that you may never achieve if you don't trigger something that will come from them. If you don't know that God has authorized them to speak over you, then you may never attain some levels. Praise God. So Christmas, there are times, or there were times, when we would do shopping for the parents. And without fail, every year, my mother-in-law will say, you guys brought the whole supermarket. We'll make sure that it is heavy. Not because we had money. There were Christmases that it was beans that we ate. But we knew that we had to provoke a blessing. Does that, do you understand what I'm saying? So it wasn't out of excess that we were doing what we had to do. We did it because we understood this principle. <laughs> Recently, so my mom passed 2019. So normally, it's my mom that will see all these things that will bring into the house. And my mom is extra. If you give my mother 200 naira, the way she will celebrate you, 
you think you just give out two million. As in, you'll be, you'll be shamed into doing more. Do you have those kind of mothers? So, all this while, because my father was quiet, is quiet, and he'll always be upstairs. So, he will not be around when we bring these things. So, when my mom passed, and we brought the things, and there's a small trick. Eh? If you want to do it, buy plenty toilet roll. It's bulky. I'm giving you tricks now. You're laughing at me. It's not your fault. I'm helping your ministry. Buy toilet roll. It's cheap and it's bulky. So by the time you're bringing four inside the house, like, hey! You're welcome. (laughs) But we'll buy all of that. We'll buy the giant pestle. We'll buy... Everything. Conditioner, everything. Because the thinking is that you, you don't need to spend while we are still here. So we brought it to the house. And my father was there. My father is, <laughs> is a very, 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 very quiet man. So, when he saw it, you know somebody that is very quiet? He's a pastor. But he's a quiet pastor. So when he started praying, he was awkward. But I knew that his soul was praying. That was the one I connected to. Not the words he was speaking that were not coming out smoothly. Because he was shocked. He was like, we're in September now. They've not opened the pestle. We're entering September. Do you you understand what I'm saying? So this is December. We loaded him like that. Like, he will never need to buy anything again. I'm like, yes, that's the plan. I didn't need to tell him to pray for me. God God will bless you. God, God. ah. (laughs) You know the kind of prayer? "Ah." That ha is the prayer. Amen. <laughs> so, recalibrate and let the blessings flow. Praise God. Praise God. So, um, we'll still touch on a bit more in second service. It, it will be a bit different. But if, if you run with this one, I think we are good. At least for first service, we are, we are good. Praise God. Okay, so every head about every eye closed, we cannot do this and not give somebody an opportunity to receive and to meet with Jesus. So if you are not born again, very quickly. So it is when you give your life to Christ that you receive the rulership of Jesus and receive the guidance to even know to do these things. Because these things are revealed by the Holy Spirit more often than not. So if you are not born again, I want to bring you into an opportunity to improve your life. Just lift your hand above your head. Let me pray for you. If you are not born again, let me lead you to Jesus. Do we have anybody? 
Do we have anybody? Can we celebrate Jesus?